0: Welcome into the Empire State of Sports. I'm Jackson Agello. I'm Biko Scala. This is our inaugural podcast. You're on the inaugural voyage here of the Empire State of Sports on probably the weirdest St. Patrick's Day of all time. But we're feeling pretty lucky with this podcast. First, we'll start you guys off with our New York Minute where we'll run through everything going on in New York. Let's kick it off. What's been canceled in New
1: York? A whole lot. We'll get into that coming up. We got New York college teams that are especially sad to be canceled. They had a little ruckus to be made in their tournaments. That is not to be. Plus, we'll have Matthew Gutierrez, our esteemed Syracuse
0: basketball reporter for The Athletic, to come on and talk about what went down in Greensboro for the ACC tournament.
1: And dabble with a little NFL free agency. We actually got some sports news. Giants got a sneaky dog at cornerback. We'll mention that. And the real Selection Tuesday that you've all desperately needed, because we'll
0: talk about the sports movies that you need to watch so you don't go insane, and we'll put them into a bracket so you can break it down. Let's get it rolling. Never been done before. (laughs) All right, let's get things rolling. We'll start with our state of the state. As we mentioned, well, there are no sports for the next month. Nothing's happening. That impacted a lot of people in New York, especially a lot of college teams were really in contention to make some noise, make some runs, and th- their hopes are dashed. because they're, they're they're done.
1: Yeah, as as Orange alums, definitely Syracuse lacrosse, number one in the country, undefeated, an absolute wagon. They were a force to be reckoned with, a force to be worried about throughout the country. We felt like, you know, as Orange is lacrosse in history, but haven't won since the 2000s, it was our year to get back in action, to increase that one championship lead over John Hop- Johns Hopkins, double that up to two. That is no longer, that That really it hits close to home. And you even talk about Syracuse,
0: you even talk about Syracuse lacrosse, and you think about Cornell right there at number two. A lot of these teams, and who had their chances and had their seniors. Luckily for spring sports, these guys will be able to come back. But you, you got to factor in that with lacrosse being one of these sports, where not all of these players are on full rides. That That's something that needs to be factored in because look, if you're not on a full ride, it's all well and good that you can come back and make your next big run. And I'm sure that's something a lot of them would like to do. Right. But, but you know, there's a couple other things involved in that. Number one, you're delaying the rest of your life. You know now, now you're coming into the workforce a whole another year later, which that's a lot. You know, as depressing as it sounds, that's very real it and is. something that these guys are going to have to consider. And fiscally, now you're coming in a whole another year later, and potentially you had to pay for more school as you go to become a you know a grad student pursuing whatever degree exactly they would like to pursue to get that extra year to be able to play in that spring sport. That's a, that could be a lot of money. Yeah. That, could, that could be a lot
1: of cheddar. And very few are going to leave, you know, whatever school you're at and and head right to the pros, especially in a sport like lacrosse. The degree matters. And once you're done there, you got to hop into whatever field you're going into because it's a whole new chapter of life. It's like you're starting up your career after, after playing sports and, and you want to get after that. Exactly, you want to get in
0: and get involved into that world, go for that career or whatever you had. I mean, you know, when you think about it, in the lacrosse world, it's it's different than in the basketball world. In the basketball world, you get out there and you know, even if you don't make it in the NBA, right? Let's say you don't, you don't get drafted or anything. You go overseas, you can make good money. Yeah, take a little trip. For example, you know, oh yeah, yeah, plenty of Syracuse guys have dabbled in that. Let's even even reference with a a relatively recent Syracuse player who's making over a million dollars. Dante Green. Yeah. One-year wonder at Syracuse. He's overseas making over a million dollars in, I don't know what country at this point, he's played in a couple of them, but they have that option. In lacrosse, you have Major League Lacrosse, obviously is the historical one, but now things are transitioning with Paul Rabel's startup in the Premier Lacrosse League. And you look at that, they're, they're making, you know, they're not making no money. You know, the average player, I believe, is making around 50 grand, which obviously isn't bad. You can definitely live off that. But, it's nowhere near the life-changing money and you know significant earnings you can make in other sports. So that's you know a lot of these guys may not be the number one career option they're going for because really it's one or two guys who are making some pretty good money, and the rest of them are kind of hung out to dry.
1: Yeah, and if you've completed your degree, I mean, sure you can maybe dabble with grad school, but then you're opening you're opening up a whole other can of worms, and it's just something. I mean, obviously everything with this virus and this pandemic is unprecedented. But that's there's just so many ripple effects of of what's going on here. And and if you can go back to school and if you can, you know, you're a senior and you just want that one more shot at a national championship or a, or a run in spring. And that unfortunately will will be taken away from from a lot of people who who can't sacrifice a year off their life to come back and play one more year of sports because always in
0: sports we will forever talk about what ifs you know this historic team you know the let's say the 2009 Syracuse team versus the 2004 Syracuse team that want to tell you know, you'd always do those types of things or one of the 08 Johns Hopkins whatever whatever team you want to talk about you can do those comparisons across generations and we always wonder about what if with those things but those are just hypotheticals This season you really have a a very real what-if that we'll never know the answer to of who would have won a title this year. Would this Syracuse team would have been one to resurrect? Would this have been a Cornell team for the ages? The Ivy League was really strong this year. And you'll always wonder. And yes, some of those guys I'm sure will be able to come back and I'm sure some of them will come back. I already saw Drake Porter. He posted on his Twitter. I don't know if you saw this, Biko. He posted just the, the gif of, uh, uh, in the Wolf of Wall Street, that I'm not leaving. Yeah,
1: I did see that. Yep. <laughs> he, did, he, he just fi- he just fired that bad boy up there just to just to let a lot of people know he he's coming back. He's coming back. Yeah, the fans are certainly happy about that. And and you know it's not just Syracuse and Cornell number one and two in the country. You got even on the women's lacrosse side, Syracuse was number four, and Stony Brook women's lacrosse was number five in the country. I mean, if you're if you're in that top ten, you're a championship contender. And this is a season for them that will be lost in history forever. I mean, sure, it's not New York. You can take a look at Seton Hall basketball. They had Miles Powell, one of the best players in the country, coming back this year. A lot of people thought it was really expected that he would go to the NBA last season. He sacrificed a year of the NBA to come back to Seton Hall to to play with this great group of guys and try and get one more push in March and that's Rob from him. And I, I feel for him. That that sucks. That really is
0: such an internal struggle that these college basketball players specifically will have to go through as well if they're given that extra year of eligibility. That hasn't been confirmed yet. Before, before we talk a couple more about some of these college basketball teams that we think really, really got gypped even more out of this than potentially the lacrosse players because they could come back, I, I do have a follow-up question about what we just talked about a second ago
1: with Drake Porter and what he posted. Is it a gif or a gif? I'm a GIF guy. I know that. I think technically it is a GIF. I think I think the experts have come in and said that, but I'm GIF all day. I I'm I'm not in there for that. I I
0: technically think that's psychotic. I think you're a psycho if you say GIF.
1: GIF is GIF is peanut butter. It already is a thing. It's a G. I know G is in in gigantic. It's a J. But you got an A after that I. I mean, what are we talking about? GIF. Just just sound it out. You. You panel 100 people who don't know what GIFs are, and you say, sound out, G-I-F. What's that sound like? They're going to say GIF. I'd say 100 out of 100.
0: And honestly, I would say it'd be 99 out of 100, and you know who that one person is? A who serial killer. A serial killer. Yeah. That's who it is. They <laughs> are a serial killer. They're a psychopath, and you know, I'm convinced hilarious that.
1: Is, as as we're, we're starting up a podcast you know in, in 2020, and... In, uh, in a time where there's actually no sports. But I think the, what I'm getting at is in general, if you start up a sports podcast within the past year or two, uh, I consider myself of like the part in my take generation, you know, that's, that's the dream, the number one sports podcast in the country. And, and just instinctively, when you said one out of the 100 people would say that it's a GIF, my answer was Darren Ravel, just because that's where it all comes (laughs) to, you know, like, not, not trying to take any content here, but it, I'm from the Pardon my Take Bill Simmons podcast generation and and Ravel is like the number one guy. Who would who would pronounce "gif jif because it's technically what the experts say, and that's Darren all
0: day. <laughs> well, as for the somber news again, in the world of college basketball, and even speaking of Pardon my take and Big Cat, you saw him just sitting with his thoughts in a couple different posts on Twitter after the, the news came out that both, I feel like, shocked the country and was both a bit expected that the NCAA tournament just wasn't going to happen this year. And there were a couple teams here in the tri-state area that really had a, a good shot at making a run, and there are so many teams that those guys really will have forever the what-if. Because... Those teams aren't coming back. They haven't been offered that extra year of eligibility yet. And it's really, you know, to the NCAA's, I wouldn't say credit here, but to contribute to their conundrum here to make it more difficult as far as this decision goes, you know, they played a lot of their season. They really just had the tournament and maybe, you know, obviously a couple of the major conferences had their conference tournaments. It's really a lot harder to just be like, oh, here's another year. And then the scholarships of the guys coming in, how many scholarships do teams have left it it all gets way more wishy-washy
1: yeah and you talk tri-state area I mentioned Seton Hall over in Newark you've got Rutgers as well a team that hadn't been in the NCAA tournament since 1991 I believe was a first round exit to Arizona State I just just was able to pull that up I mean 1991 we're coming up on 30 years almost for Rutgers and they weren't, you know, they weren't supposed to make too much noise, but they were projected ten seers. Me and that in trouble, way trouble again. Flame boy Penny again. Read about it. Uh, yeah, extra flame young fan. Extra, poor, extra. Read all about it. Life story of
0: flame boy fan. Extra, extra. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Me and that flame boy in trouble again. This was weird to do that. I mean, it was. It really was within the first. Two months of the season, there were seven different teams who were number one in the country. This was a year where there were there going to be some crazy upsets because, frankly, there was no team that was that dominant. But that makes it all the more painful for any team who lost their chance just to get in the dance because they could have tangoed themselves all the way to a final four.
1: Right. It was, I mean, uh, this is just, it's making me so sad talking about this and you're, and you're, you're right, Jackson, that this was almost cathartic for me. Yeah. This was a year where anything can always happen in March, but anything could have happened. I mean, it was kind of can, you know, Kansas was dominant, but they weren't a world beater that we've had in the past as your number one overall seed. And then it was a, it was a lot of what ifs after that. There was a top 10 Kentucky
0: team, who earlier this season lost to Evansville. Right. Evansville, subsequently after that game, lost every game in their conference. <laughs> every single game. Evansville is terrible. And they went into Rupp Arena and beat Kentucky, who wound up being a top 10 team in the country. If that doesn't tell you that any team in this tournament could have gone down, I, I, I honestly don't know what would. I mean, that that is just purely a
1: microcosm of this entire season. Definitely. And we got Bolt barking outside my door. I think he wants some attention. He'll have to he'll have to wait till the pods over. And you know, just staying in New York state, Siena is another team, you know. They're going to be a 16 seed most likely, but they won the Mac regular season and they were two games away from from winning the Mac conference tournament. And it's like, you know, these are guys especially at a place like Siena where your senior year, you're getting a chance to go to March Madness. That is such an opportunity that you don't get to experience, and it, and it hurts. It's tough. And, and even more when you think about that and you expand that out to not
0: just feeling bad for those guys, but think about the students who work as managers on that team who are seniors. Think about who the guys are on in that area who, like us, we're in student media, we're covering the team, and would have had their chance to get to be a part of March Madness. Yeah. And look, a lot of these types of teams, like you look at a Siena uh or you know, or Vermont, although Vermont's been, you know, around the top very recently in the past couple of years, but a lot of times it's very cyclical for those types of teams where you kinda get in four years you get your kinda your one or two shots where you have some upperclassmen on your team who are really leaders and have developed. And
1: usually those are your chances. And this
0: team lost out on those
1: chances. That is a really good point, Jackson, about all the guys behind the scenes and the managers and stuff. I mean, you think about a guy like Snacks, Thomas Lee. Uh, he was at Jackson State this year. Um, he went viral from getting in a game and firing up a three and, and nailing it. It was wet. I mean, that's what it's all about. Also, sorry if there's some jingling on my end now. The dogs that were barking, I've let them into my room. And I've got one tr- literally trying to lick my face right now. Bolt's an absolute best. He's stepping on the laptop. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things going on. This is this is podcasting in the quarantine on the farm life right here. This is March. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the John Rothstein right there.
0: This is March. This is March. <laughs> this is March. And we, we, we honestly expected this March to go a lot differently. But obviously, you know, the, the probably the 24 hours that they will make 30 for 30s about and talk about for years and years that started the evening of March 11th, Oddly enough, with the last college basketball game we saw all season, which was Syracuse basketball, playing against right. North Carolina, right. that went into, within the 24-hour time frame of that game tipping off, the entire ACC tournament and NCAA tournament were entirely called off. So Absolutely eviscerated. And
1: I, it is... Worth mentioning that we had uh, another New York team, St. John's. They played a half of basketball, True. and they scored the last basket of the season. So we had a central New York team with the last game of the season, the New York City team with the last bucket. And a three-point lead over Marquette. We'll never know what would have happened there. So
0: Syracuse got the final completed game of the season. Correct. And in order for us to talk about that and break that down, we have to bring in our own senior no, he's not a senior athletic. Our own writer for The Athletic, Matt Gutierrez, who covered the team. He was down in Greensboro when madness hit because it's March. It all
1: happened. It all happened with him right in the eye of the storm. All right, we welcome on the inaugural guest to the Empire State of Sports. It's Matt Gutierrez of the Athletic, he covers Syracuse basketball, and he was just at the ACC tournament, which got two days in, and then the kibosh hit that on on the devastating, it was a day I'll never forget, that's for sure, I think it was a Wednesday or Thursday?
2: Thursday, yep, Thursday afternoon, it was cancelled after about an hour uh, press conference with the commissioner, he said it would be on Thursday morning. And then about two hours later, everything else was canceled. Big Ten, SEC, and then ACC, and then what? Not not an hour later, the whole thing was called off. March Madness as a whole. And this was, you know, this was Wednesday night, right after the Syracuse UNC game. Um, Syracuse wins by 30, probably their best game of the year uh, all season, and they're riding high. Maybe they go surprise Louisville Thursday night. Locker room was was rocking, and then everything is canceled, so uh, we don't know what could have been for a lot of teams, Syracuse included. Did the locker
0: room have any knowledge about Ruby Gobert or anything?
2: Wild no, they, uh, yeah, so as you guys know, right, Wednesday night was a wild night as far as news. I mean, that game tipped off right around 9, and from tip-off to the end of that game, so much had happened. Uh probably... Number one was the NBA season was, was was at the time, I believe, just suspended just for a short while. And I, I, I don't foresee it happening in a, at least for a couple of months. But a lot of players have found out at halftime. But that's all they knew. They just knew the NBA was suspended. They didn't know any other details, really. And they all figured that they were going to play Thursday with no fans. They all were confident that this wasn't going to get that bad. They all for sure thought they were playing Thursday.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember that Wednesday night, a big talk of the town was, will they even have fans then? And, of course, all the Syracuse brass was like, no, 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 we don't need any fans. This is going on in Greensboro, and we're playing North Carolina. We can, we can do it in a quiet gym. But then, you know, there was fans, and it turned out to be fine. But what was what was the talk around the team with, with that discussion?
2: Yeah, um, Wednesday, uh, I think, guys guys were indifferent honestly on the team at least they they felt like they could they could play well regardless of of fan base but you're right it was an 80 percent pro north carolina it was basically a unc home game in greensboro um but syracuse got off to uh, an unbelievable start and you know elijah hughes goes for what 30-ish 27 i think in probably his last game as a syracuse player And uh, Sergius never gave the fans a reason to to cheer. They got off to a hot start and commanded that lead for most of the game, save for maybe late first half. Uh, So it's lucky for Sergius it wasn't a factor.
0: So the Rudy Gobert news effectively ends sports as we know it temporarily with this whole situation with the coronavirus. What was the vibe like the next morning after the news broke about Rudy at the ACC tournament?
2: Yeah, I woke up in the hotel about a mile from Greensboro Coliseum, and Jay Billis, Dan Schulman, were down in the lobby uh, getting coffee, and I think at that point they had a feeling everything was going to be called. I knew, I texted a couple friends on Tuesday, I believe, that I had a feeling that March Madness just wasn't going to happen, and that was an unpopular opinion at the time. People were like, oh, no, there's just no fans. Definitely it will happen. And I just could see how it was going and trending in Italy and Europe. And I, we were only a little bit behind them, and I felt like they're just going to have to limit all groups because you can't even have players and coaches and trainers in in the arena because they're in the locker room together. They're touching doors together. They're touching water bottles. I mean, that already is a, is a safety issue and a health issue. So smart move. And so Thursday to answer your question, I think. Thursday morning, late morning, I saw some of the, a lot of the teams were staying at this hotel, and they were all kind of gathering. Florida State was doing a walkthrough in the ballroom in the lobby at about 9 a.m. Their game was at 12.30, I think, and they went out to warm-ups to to uh, play with, I, I forget who they were playing, but it was Florida State, they were probably going to win, and uh, bands and cheerleaders were all set up. And then we all get a notification from the league that everything's been canceled. <laughs> While the band and cheerleading groups are are still doing their thing and guys are warming up, hitting shots and dunking, so and then that that quickly ended in about five minutes. So a very odd uh,
1: Thursday. That was one of the weirdest scenes I've seen in sports in a long time. Because then Florida State gets the trophy presentation. And I think it was Miami. I think they were supposed to play Miami, and you're right. It was it was most likely going to be a drubbing. And uh, yeah, Florida State didn't really want the trophy um, for obvious reasons, and Miami was getting consoled for some reason. I mean, it was it was it was kind of unreal.
2: Yeah, very just odd atmosphere. Guys were finding out in different ways. I think so. I had heard at least two teams in the ACC at about that morning had decided they were just not going to play. One of them was Duke. They were not playing before the tournament was canceled. Uh, I think that came from the. Not Coach K, but uh, you know, I would assume he would also be on board with this. But the president of Duke said, "We're not going out there. Uh, this is a pandemic. Uh, we're not playing a basketball game." Uh, so Coach Bayheim thought they could play. He thought that no fans, and he wanted to play. You know, part of the reason maybe because they had won so convincingly Wednesday. They played. They had a shot against Louisville. They were hot for sure. Uh, uh, but.
0: How would you describe the energy of that very strange speech the ACC commissioner gave after he announced that the ACC tournament would cease?
2: It was obviously bizarre, but it it honestly paled in comparison to his press conference Monday morning. He called one at 10 a.m. And everyone was like, all right, this is probably going to be the cancellation press conference. Shows up 35 minutes late to his own presser. And then just kind of dances around the idea that this is an issue and, and didn't even answer. Didn't seem to answer questions as if he had thought about things through very much. Was asked about, will it take a positive case in the ACC for you to cancel these events? And it seemed like he was, the answer was yes, that they were just going to happen. And that's too late already, as we learned from the NBA and NHL, or NBA mostly, uh, with what, two or three cases already now, so, and probably more um luckily they're they seem to be on the forefront getting tests going and, t- and sending people home it's like major league baseball sending people home from spring training just get get home um but very odd press conference so actually that speech was not surprising at all it was um just an odd day for
1: sure yeah i gotta apologize i think i have two dogs having like a little tussle right outside my door here. Brody and Bolt are going after it.
2: They're welcome on the podcast, maybe the second podcast once we kick
1: off. Yeah, we got to establish an audience and then we can bring the Terriers in. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so when you get this news and, and everything comes down in Greensboro, then you said you have a decision to make, right? Are you going to go back to Syracuse or, or are you going to flee for a quarantine in Florida? And you you decided to go straight to Florida and, and I'm sure you're happy with that choice now as, you know, you can't see on the pod, but you're outside, it's beautiful, it's sunny, it looks like you're right by some water, I mean, you got a beach. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah it, this is, it looks like you're living your best life. Oh, yeah, you're right next to the pool.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was on the beach yesterday, no doubt. I mean, uh, no, don't be fooled. I am, work- I got my, my laptop in front of me. I am doing phone calls, and the good thing with this is that uh, people are very accessible. So at least what I've noticed, everyone is, especially in the sports world, home, uh, able to call, able to text. Um, you know, I texted Mayheim late last week and he called me 45 seconds later. Um, uh, you know, coach Audrey, I spoke with, but I have hopefully something later this week on, on what the coaches do now. Um, uh, and I can do all that remotely from, from far make phone calls. Um, uh, what is, what is a coach going do? Recruiting is canceled. games are canceled. Workout are canceled. They're kind of in limbo. They got to just, at least they get to see families, but they don't get to see their families a lot, and now they do. So it'll bring everyone closer in the sports world, the regular world,
0: all uh, Obviously, the Syracuse coaches, much like many across the country, are in a unique spot. What do their coming days look like? Yeah, it's,
2: uh, you know, first of all, Timetable-wise, they should be. They should hear whether they're going to get Patrick Tape or Seth Towns to uh, Ivy League. Uh, Ivy League players as grad transfers this week. I think they're both making their decision. Uh, I don't think kids can kids can still make decisions, especially out of high school. So they'll get they'll get some. You would hope some recruiting done in the next couple weeks, uh, or a couple months, and uh, otherwise, just watching film and and regrouping, I mean, this is a team that's going to return four or five starters, and get two decent freshmen coming in, some some skill that will play right away, three guards just left, possibly a fourth player might leave, uh, so they have some space to fill, doesn't necessarily mean they have to fill all those scholarships, there's... You don't need to have all 13 filled. That's ideal, but they might only have 11 or 12, and that's fine. They generally play seven people anyway. And I think um, priority number one this offseason is for guys individually to improve. It doesn't necessarily need to be a team workouts. These guys have their own gyms, generally. Uh, you If know, Buddy has a gym at their house, everyone else can pretty much drive to a local Y or or plan a fitness, or if they're open, even or whatever the case. But they'll find courts in the outside, even and get them working. That's that's priority number one for a team like Syracuse. Anything, but especially a team like Syracuse, they need to have player development be a priority.
1: I I mean it's it we start really looking to the future here as we we grasp for uh, things to talk about in sports with two months without sports. But it it's kind of crazy now that this virus it ended we're halfway through Buddy Beheim's career at Syracuse, which kind of flew by. Um, we have Joe Girard coming back next year for the Orange. And and I think it's a team that a lot of people will be really excited about, but there also has to be this thought of looking to 2021 and five-star recruit Dior Johnson. How much, how much is the team balancing? We've got this great core who showed some spunk this year and, and could be great next year, but we've got, maybe the greatest recruit since Carmelo Anthony coming the year after, potentially at least.
2: Yeah, the key, key uh, addition there, potentially. I honestly find it difficult to see him actually playing at Syracuse, just because, not so much that he would go to a different school, but similar case to Darius basically, uh, two years ago, NBA draft rule is likely going to be passed in 2022 by that, where high schoolers can just go straight to the draft, and I think Dior would be fit that fit that bill perfectly. Uh, he's the best point guard, arguably the best high school point guard this past year and he's a sophomore. Um, so he's better than kids two years older than him. Uh, which is incredible. He's just turned sixteen uh, in, in February or January, so young kid. Uh, you know he's I think Syracuse views it as a it's a great commitment whether he plays there or not. It's symbolic. And I think it can Bring. He, he he has recruited right. He has nearly I don't know if you guys have checked it out. Five hundred thousand Instagram followers. I mean that's more than all Syracuse players and coaches combined. He has a huge following. He's their best recruiter, and you know him posting about Syracuse and stuff like that is is not superficial. It's genuinely getting the word out. So I think that that would help. Uh, Chance Westry is another guard uh, that they were expecting a commitment from. I don't know. I don't know why that hasn't come yet, but uh, I would imagine Dior brings some some good caliber. Even if he doesn't show up, two or three guys will.
1: You mentioned that Dior has played above his age level and skill, kind of at a magnificent level. And it's a funny connection, but he actually went to my high school, Saugerties High School, for 7th and 8th grade. And so I got an in-person view at how magical he is on the court. In 7th and 8th grade he was by far the best player on our varsity basketball team. And he was the quickest ever to 1,000 points in New York State. I mean, I, I saw that in my little, you know, 250-person class gym. Um, so I know it's a weird Socrates to Syracuse connection that Dior and I share, which I'm hoping he follows up on. I agree. I agree that he probably does not come. but But the publicity that he brings and the recruiting that he brings is where it's all at. It would be unreal if he did, because his talent is through the roof. I mean,
2: if there's a silver lining in this coronavirus, it's that maybe it lasts a few months, and this NBA rule, this NBA rule gets pushed back to 2023 because of the coronavirus. And then Dior ends up with That would be a wild, you know, turn of events, but it would be huge for Syracuse. I mean, you can see him. Uh, you know, a lot of guys have compared him the best best high school point guard since Kyrie Irving which was 10 years ago and he's obviously a capable dribbler player (laughs) Um, and and an NBA finals champion. So um, with LeBron uh, great ball handler and people have said Dior that's amazing that you guys share that. Uh, I didn't really hear about him honestly until a few months ago. Um, For some reason I just maybe I just didn't think he would go to Syracuse, so it wasn't a a huge issue uh, on, my, on my radar. Did you, I, I mean, were a lot of people in your community thinking Syracuse or was it kind
1: of out of the blue? Yeah, he's he's actually been vocal about always wanting to go to Syracuse from, from everyone I've talked to. I i don't have a relationship with him or anything, but my dad's a teacher at the high school, um, so there, a lot of talk goes around. I mean, he's there's not much to talk about in Sarvides, New York. When, when a guy comes in and scores a thousand points in two years uh, as a 7th and 8th grader, that's kind of the talk of the town. Um, but yeah, he, it, he has always been vocal about wanting to go to Syracuse, and you know, he could have had the pick of the litter. So, it, it definitely speaks something that two years out, he made it official in quotes that he, would to, that he would go to Syracuse. One thing people haven't talked about too much is the
2: possibility of him reclassifying. I, I know He's obviously capable of doing that and wouldn't be overwhelmed at all, jumping in as a 17-year-old. Be I believe he'd be, 17 or, he'd be 17, I think, as a freshman, uh, 17 and a half years old, which is young. But uh, the, the only he is young for his grade, so that's the only issue I've heard that he may not reclassify. But, I mean, if he were to arrive in 2021 uh, and then go to the league, you know, that you wouldn't have to worry about, Syracuse fans wouldn't have to worry about the, the high school to NBA rule, right? He would just play right away. You would play sooner, uh, be buddies, senior year, so a lot of people think maybe Mayheim's last year as a coach, the Syracuse at the very least, they could be running the tournament, you know, champion, national championship is hard to, to pencil just because you know, anything can happen in, in late March, but uh, what else? maybe it's 03 and '20.
1: Title, friend. <laughs> Who knows? Goody, thank you so much for, for talking with us. I know you get three SU alums on a group FaceTime call, and we could talk about Syracuse basketball for probably two more hours.
0: Well, the music of the great leadership means it's time for the state of the state. Here we take a look at what's going on in the great state of New York. Not many sports. We'll be honest about that upfront, but but thank thank God, Biko, for the NFL, and thank God for free agency. Honestly, it it's given something to talk about.
1: It's it's pretty incredible, and I mean, I, I've read a bunch of articles that have basically said nobody on any team wanted this to start on time as it has. Uh, no one was really prepared. Everything is different this year, as you can expect, than than in the past but man, is it giving us and every sports talk radio show around the country some content, some content. That's what I'm talking about.
0: Content is the the tastiest food and is the (laughs) king of all kings right here. And this this honestly is like Burger King man coming right to us. So we'll we'll start with the Giants. Now, they might not have made a splash quite like a a massive trade coming from uh, a variety of different places, including, you know, the one where the Texans got rid of Deshaun Watson for unknown reasons. Mind-blowing,
1: mind-blowing. Or
0: Tom Brady, just not even a trade, but announcing in free agency that he's not going to be a Patriot. Yeah. It's not quite that. Some but,
1: bombs, some bombs, but not but, in New York.
0: But the Giants, are they're currently trying to get Clowney, but they did sign James Bradbury, who could be, he's kind of sneaky, really good.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of the James Bradbury signing. Uh, He'll definitely be the number one corner on the Giants. He's... He's been a spunky guy in Carolina for the past four years. And it was also a guy that the Jets were going after. So, you know, kind of take him from the, the boys in green who you share MetLife with. You know, defense obviously last year was a huge problem for the Giants. I think they were 27th in the league defensive rating. Locking up that secondary a little bit, that that's a good sign for the Giants. It's a, it's a good start to free agency for the G-men.
0: And honestly, if you look back at how he performed against some of the top-rated wide receivers and players last season, he held up, like, really well. He held Mike Evans under 100 yards. He held Julio under 100 yards. He was honestly pretty elite, and quarterbacks were completing under 60% of their passes against him. Last season, he gave up just one touchdown and got three picks. I mean, there's not much to dislike there, and he's just 26. So I think that's a really sneaky, good signing that's not going to get not gonna get the main headlines right now. You're not gonna turn on TV and people are like, "Oh, thank, thank you God, thank you God," the Giants got James Bradbury, but I think he's a really quality piece for the team.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you are giving him nearly sixty million dollars in in guaranteed money, uh, which is that's pretty chunk, that's a pretty hefty contract for for a corner. But I think it makes sense here, uh, I, especially in in North Carolina, he thrived on press coverage, and that should be that should be happening a lot in New York. I think. For a team that has so many holes defensively and some holes offensively, I I like signings like James Bradbury more than I would going after Jadavian Clowney, who's probably, it, the talk's around he's going to need $22 million a year. And I just think the Giants have too many small holes to be going after a big star like that. And, and I think
0: the key with giving Bradbury that kind of money is that's something you can do right now. Right. Because you still have Daniel Jones on a cheaper type of contract. And if you look back kind of the blueprint that's gone on for these past couple years of Super Bowl teams, it's been usually get a young quarterback to develop and develop quickly and play up to a certain part. They don't need to be drastically elite, but definitely above average and pretty solid. And then build up a defense and team around them while you can still afford all of those guys. So that's kind of what you see the Giants trying to go for. I mean, you look back, that's what the Seahawks did. They did their Super Bowl winning when Russell Wilson was still a very young quarterback in this league. And that's when they could still pay the Legion to boom. Eventually, those guys are going to price out. And then you can't afford all the guys around them because you have to pay your quarterback that much. And you become a quarterback heavy team. You know, when the Packers did their Super Bowl winning with Aaron Rodgers, he was a young quarterback. Obviously, you know, not necessarily that young in age, but in terms of experience, he was because he had sat around and watched Brett Favre for a few seasons.
1: Definitely, and you look at this past year with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yes, Patrick Mahomes happens to be probably the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's also in his second year. It's a blueprint, and you throw Danny Dimes in there, and the Jets are in the exact same place with Sam Darnold. I mean, that's that's why you see these teams going after so many similar players. And speaking of Jets, uh, the Giants franchise tagged Leonard Williams, who, you know, Dave Gettleman was much maligned for that deal. He traded away a 2020 third rounder and 2021 fifth rounder for a rental basically. So, you know, I think franchise tag it had to happen, you know, it was forced his hand. You can't give up that much on a rebuilding team for a guy that was there for eight weeks. So they had to franchise tag him, give him the 16 mil. And, you know, I know they're trying to work through a deal right now. You you've got to extend him, even though he hasn't put up the most amazing production. Uh, it's just what you gave up for him. You kind of have to invest here.
0: And speaking of the Jets, not necessarily any major moves for that team, but Tom Brady not coming back to the Patriots is probably the biggest of big moves for the Jets in a long time. Yeah. That's like that's massive for Jets fans. I mean they 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 should be rejoicing. It it's like the oligarch getting overthrown. Yeah. Like that is that has been their demonic tormentor for the better part of 20 years.
1: I mean, I saw a stat on Twitter today that said Tom Brady has more Super Bowl wins since he's been in Foxborough than any other quarterback in the AFC East just has playoff wins. I mean, it has been an unbelievable run of domination. And I'm a Giants fan personally, so I don't feel the elation that Jets fans must be going through right now, but it's
0: huge. It, 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 like, there's no way to sugarcoat it either, like, what he's been able to do over the course of this time frame now sure maybe the pats wind up with a cam newton trade but otherwise really you're looking at cam newton coming off a lot of injuries being a a patriots quarterback maybe an andy dalton or who they have in house jared stidham and none of that really you know strikes fear in the heart of jets fans i got to imagine in the same way that tom brady did
1: right and i mean i guess uh the doomsday scenario is the patriots somehow trade up and draft to a and all of a sudden they have Tua for the next 20 years, and and he's a generational quarterback and doesn't have any of the injury problems he had at Alabama. Um, I have to think if you're a Miami Buffalo or New York Jets fan, over the past 20 years, you've learned to expect the absolute worst coming out of Foxborough in in your direction. So I certainly wouldn't be comfortable in the situation I'm in if I'm in the AFC East. But at least Brady's out. You know, There's there can be some celebrating done on, on that.
0: Aspect. Well, with Tom Brady out, things are definitely a little more open, you can say, at, at, at the very least. I'd agree. And Cam Newton, as I mentioned, as a potential option. Teddy Bridgewater signed over in Carolina, so right. that kind of means Cam's on his way out. Panthers even posted on social media that he's on his way out. A lot of moving pieces in the world of the nfl finally giving us something to talk about in sports media because honestly over the past couple of days all it's been able to be said is what we don't have It's right. just been uh corona canceled this maybe we'll get it back at this point and then that's probably been it this is finally something concrete that you can hit your hat to hit your wagon to and be like tom brady's leaving Whoa, Teddy Bridgewater signed. It's something. It's something to talk about.
1: Definitely, and I mean the 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 last thing to touch on for the Giants is is uh, signing Aldrich Rosas back. It was a pro bowler in 2018 when he was just absolutely unreal, 32 of 33. Um, but then last year he was he was pretty hit or miss, and mostly miss when it came to distance. Uh, he was one of five in kicks over 40 yards, where in 2018 he was five of six and kicks over 50 yards so it was a tremendous drop off last year but the Giants still think he's got that 2018 form in him and if he does he's a pro bowl kicker and and that's very valuable so it's definitely worth it to throw a flyer out on him as well
0: you might as well take your chance and you might as well take your chance on a couple movies that we have Prepared for you. Now we know, obviously, this NFL news is, is a godsend for any sports fan. Is, it's finally something to talk about or, or look forward to. But otherwise, we're all quarantined for about two months here. Everybody's social distancing. You're going to be trapped at home. You're going to have a lot of time on your hands. And pretty much every board game you have probably has a missing piece. So you're going to want to watch some movies. <laughs> and you're going to want to watch some sports movies. So what we've done is we've taken a 64 team bracket because you missed out on March Madness, and it is still March. It's still March. Just ask John Rothstein. It's still March. This is March. And in March, we need brackets. So we made a bracket of the sixty four sports movies you need to watch. We separate it into four divisions. There's baseball, basketball, football, and then we have a general one with you know your your hockey, your soccer, your fighting.
1: Yeah. Sorry, hockey.
0: Yeah, so you know, come on. It's it's not hockey's world. That's come that's on. in Canada. That's come on. that's that's upstate. <laughs> you know, the, the theory there is Canada reigns so supreme that when Canada announced that the NHL was suspended, not Canada, but when the NHL announced that hockey was suspended, there was an article released later that day saying that Canadian scientists had isolated the coronavirus. Yeah. They got on that quick. (laughs) And then everyone on Twitter is saying, wow, it took Canada like two hours after hockey was canceled to figure this whole thing out.
1: That got their attention. That's true.
0: So, well, Tweet out this bracket later today, and in the coming weeks, we'll we'll narrow it down. Each week, we'll give you a, a round breakdown of who's advancing, so in the end, you'll have a Final Four. It's, it's what we all need. We'll finally give you the Final Four that you—yeah, you, you crave it. You know you crave it. Deep in your soul, it's where it belongs. And I'll, I'll tell you what.
1: I don't know if any sports podcast, any sports outlet has ever done a 64-team movies bracket before I, I i i'm gonna i'm gonna pull a pull a uh, audible here and say you know what i think this is the first of all time we're groundbreakers i'll put that out there
0: groundbreaking on the first episode that's that's how we roll that's how we roll we come in we make a splash
1: Coming out strong so you'll you'll, you'll get to see our
0: 64 teams you'll help us narrow it down coming up in the coming weeks this this will come out and this will this will be what you need it'll be cathartic there'll be some tough decisions there's there's gonna be a lot of tough matchups out there In the early rounds, you know, there's a lot of great movies about sports. And you're going to have to match up some some cross genres out there. There's going to be a comedy up against maybe a more drama film. There's all kinds of mismatches to be found. It's it's not easy. It's not easy. Only Twitter can decide. We're going to have to see, you know, can the tempo of a comedy go up against, you know, a really emotional drama? That's going to be the call that you're going to have to make. And we'll help you decide. And we'll help you give our takes coming up next week that'll do it for this week's episode i'm jackson
1: and i'm biko and i'll let you know we got a we got a pretty exciting guest for next week so you stay tuned well we're coming out just as strong week two as we did with the inaugural don't let the boys get hot it's up to you
2: news